All right, this is the fun one. This is the fun bit. You've arrived, my friends, at the bonus episode with Kai. Zimbabwe-born, London-raised, now Nam Melbourne-based slash braining it over here. It feels very much like 2022 is going to be your year. And, you know, you can have the rest of 2021 as well. <laughs> We're very inclusive here. I think I think it's, it's one of those things like I never want to forget what it feels like now to be free. And I think we all need to remind each other like what we've been through. We very, you know, it's, it can easily just forget, oh, yeah, we went through a two-year fucking pandemic and it ain't over, we understand, but – to go through, yeah, what Melbourne Birdians and to a lesser extent city people have gone through with all, these lo- <laughs> with all these lockdowns. It's super important that we just kind of go out and it is geo time. Let's go. Let's go all the way back to Zimbabwe though. And your first memories of music, Kai, where were you? How did it all affect you? What hit different? What hit different? I think it's such a combination of sounds. Um, you know, it's the Zimbabwean music that was playing at my grandparents' house. Um, and also my parents' love for Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston and Destiny's Child, Shaka Khan. They loved R&B music. Um, so that was always playing in the house too, as well as show tunes, like ch- yeah. childish show tunes. Um, so, yeah, that is the first kind of experience of just being immersed in music. Um, which show tunes in particular? Because uh, I... As soon as you said that, I'm like, I'm going to play show tunes this afternoon. (laughs) Definitely. Oh, it's hard to remember, but it would have been a lot of like kids shows. Looney Tunes is a big one. Oh, yeah. Looney Tunes has some of the most. I think I I just Muppets. (laughs) It has some of the most like beautiful orchestral music. Um, It's really interesting because I think if someone was to go back in and sample some of that, it is like some of the most incredible sounds. Um, So that's a big one. And then, of course, there's this one show that I still to this day cannot remember the name of, but it was like the first song that I properly learned. And it was, you and I, you and I, oh, how happy we'll be. And I just used to sing that nonstop, constantly. I'm going to look this up. (laughs) You and I, you and I, how happy we'll be. And this is a TV show? Mm -hmm. And there's also Shuja. Shuja was a huge show at the time. Um, and she was like a big international, like kids show host. And she had that like amazing opening theme that, hello, hello, hello. I think she was Swedish. <laughs> I think she was Swedish. Wow. Yeah. No, you're right. It's very hard to find the you and I, you and I, how happy we'll be. <laughs> if someone out there has heard this and knows it, please tweet it at us, email us, yes, get, get to us because we need to solve this, solve this for Kai. Um, and you were putting on uh, like performances with, with your with your brother and because and, you had one brother at the time, you had two more siblings after that. So you were one of four. And uh, all those like kids, there's kids running around everywhere in these apartments. What? Uh, how, how are you like getting people's attention and going, all right, this is a show on today at 4 p.m. You need to be there. <laughs> I think my brother and I were the biggest show offs and probably nothing has changed. But I think, you know, obviously being surrounded by Michael Jackson music and just being mesmerized and it's so funny I always talk to my brother about what the moment was that he fell in love with it and he said it's the first time he saw Michael Jackson moonwalk and his mind just exploded and he was like what is this I've got to do this this is the greatest thing of all time and he got really into it and he would be singing the songs all the time and you know as a younger sibling that's close in age he was just like I'm doing this thing, you're doing this thing, we're doing it together. (laughs) So we would listen to the music 
We would sit there for ages, learning it, learning dance routines, choreographing dance routines, and then stopping my parents' evening and standing in front of the TV, in front of their favorite TV shows and being like, we know you're watching something, it's irrelevant. This is the greatest thing you're ever going to see and performing it. And then, you know, our parents sitting there going, clap, 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 clap was not enough for us. We're like, we're taking it to the streets. The other kids are going to see it too. (laughs) <laughs> and you can do a mean moonwalk, which you did like when I interviewed you for NME. You actually on Zoom, you you moonwalked. <laughs> you can moonwalk. This is oh. true. Very cool. Uh, when you hit London, you started some girl groups with some with some friends at school. What's the music that when you first got to London, you, you know, you can remember the, the, the most vividly? Oh, the most vividly, Jamiroquai, massive, massive one. Um, I think he had oh, yeah. that song "Love Philosophy" out at the time, and yeah. it just hooked me. I was just absolutely hooked um of course the uk was loving kylie minogue um we had the sugar babes going we had obviously the um endemic of boy bands as well so we're just um crazy influences from everywhere but just like brit pop music um db boulevard was a huge one as well they had that um huge hit point of view um Mm -hmm. so yeah just like hugely hugely influenced by brit pop and it's so funny i actually remembered this the other day mikey um, that there was this song by T-Moose out at the time and it was called Horny. And I didn't, oh, yeah. didn't realize that it was called Horny. Moose T, Moose T. Yeah, Moose T, that's the one. And I thought... T-Moose. T-Moose. <laughs> less cool somehow, isn't it? That's his library card. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought it was called Honey. So I was singing it all the time going... Hey, honey, 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 honey. And of course it was, I'm horny, 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 horny. And my parents did not have the heart to tell me. So I'm at school making this beautiful choreographed dance to this song, Hey, Honey. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, just like started, tried to start little girl groups with my best friends. And for ages, they weren't super into it. But I think if you um, convince them enough times, they were doing it. And of course, my brother was in the other playground at primary school doing his big Michael Jackson thing, drawing crowds. And I'm standing there on the other side going, yeah, no, look, (laughs) you may think you've got it going on now, but wait till my girl group comes together. (laughs) <laughs> we'll show you we'll show and you. at this stage are there any instruments around or are there any instruments in the family or any like production no. stuff or it's, it's purely just kind of like showmanship it's purely just like the battle of acapella and dance moves <laughs> very pitch dance perfect off. very pitch perfect but um, yeah all acapella and just like dancing to, you know, us kind of keeping the beat. And it was kind of cool. It had this kind of cool feeling about it. There's um something interesting Sounds about, awesome. you know, five, nine-year-olds doing a Pussycat Dolls song um, mm. and dancing and singing <laughs> at the same time. There's something quite um, novel about it. So. <laughs> mm. My daughter's eight. She's saying she's nine because she's nine in like a month. And recently she's been singing the Shouse song Love Tonight, which we had Shouse on a little while uh, ago. Um, and the, the lyrics are... Um, all I need is your love tonight. And she's been walking around the house singing, all I need is some love tonight. <laughs> just that one little word. <laughs> and she knows, Kasha and I, my partner, very, very good sense of humor. She knows she's pushing out buttons by singing that. <laughs> she's like, we've told her that she's, it's a Mondegreen, she's getting it wrong, but now we're just, we all go with it. So, yeah. Almost boy crazy already. <laughs> when do you realize, Kai, that you've got a, like a badass voice? Like you, it's it's something inside you that you know it's just you know it's like breathing for you. 
I think it was, it was something I kind of always sat with, um, especially around like six or seven. Um, cause something I love to do, which I've given myself tinnitus now doing is I would like press my ear to the little tiny stereo I had in my room and I would listen to Whitney Houston singing and I'd pause it on my little radio and then I would try and sing it back. And it took me ages. And then there was one day where I sang something that she sang and I was like, I just did it. I just hit that crazy Ooh. note. And I was like, you know what? I'm probably really good. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you, do you reckon, at that time? At that time, I probably seven or eight. Seven or Amazing. eight. Um, but I finally hit that note and I was just like, that's it. I'm badass. I'm the best. This is crazy. I love it. <laughs> you know, the most underrated Whitney Houston track to rock a crowd how will I know? Oh. Like in, in, in a DJ set, like I know I was saying to people like that's not underrated, but there's so many other Whitney Whitney songs you go for, um, want to dance. But how will I know hits so quickly and it gets everyone involved. It's, it's, it feels it feels like everyone's at their their dead ball and they're just dressed up with my first dead ball. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. You probably really cool. you probably wouldn't have this problem, Kai, but Whitney Houston at karaoke, or you always think you can do it, and then the song starts. <laughs> and you, you, you can't do it. You know what? As I got Key older, changes, as I got notes. older, and my voice changed, and I wasn't a little pipsqueak who could do crazy high notes anymore. And I was like, "Heck yeah, karaoke! Let's sing some Whitney Houston." And I'm standing there like, <laughs> ah, like squeaking away, Ooh, and being like, "Oh, yeah. I am maybe a little closer to the common person than I thought." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The common person. It's a real leveler. <laughs> Um, I'm going to try and sing it just so that if you want to potentially sing at the start of How Will I Know, you do sound really good. Like, I just love it. <laughs> There's a boy I know. He's the one I'm dreaming of. Can you hit, can you, because she belts it out so quickly. Can you just, uh, on the spot, Kai, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not a soprano anymore. I'm definitely okay. not. I'm an alter. But just that. There's a boy. <laughs> There's a boy. See, it's like ah! <laughs> I knew, I knew would get stuck. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even gonna chime in. Yeah, there's a boy. That's <laughs> yes, right. Speaking of boys, uh, you obviously wrote Bonnie and Clyde, which we spoke about in the previous episode about a bad boy at school. He ended up getting expelled. So he was, um, you're the badass. He's the bad boy. Cruising around in, in boys' cars, listening to music. What's what's the hit different moment then? Oh, the hit different moment, cruising around. I think it would have been Daniel Caesar with my first boyfriend. Um, Daniel Caesar. So like, um, what was that big one that he had? Japanese denim. Um, my blue jeans will last me all. A beautiful, beautiful song. Mm. And it was when Daniel Caesar was kind of coming up through that sort of like the NPR channels, like very like underground, yep. organic kind of coming up. And yeah, I guess it was like almost like the soundtrack to falling in love. And I remember going, I want to make something that makes me feel like that. Mm. And again, like that kind of sonic shift um, for me into alternative R&B, because that's what it is. It was kind of that feeling of this is almost R&B, but it's just like a little bit more slick and a bit more indie. And it just felt like the perfect space for me. When did you start going to, to shows and, and seeing people sing live and thinking, I could probably do that? Oh, it actually would have been at that first Beyonce concert that we talked about in the other episode. Yeah, yeah. And watching her perform and being like, this is insane and I want to do it so badly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she spoke to me that concert, actually. What you- okay. She turned the house on. lights on. She turned all the what? house lights on. This is a crazy story. <laughs> Fuck you, Via Go Go. Yeah, fuck you guys. I had the best experience. She turned all the house lights on and everyone was screaming. And I'm in like the fourth row looking at my idol who I have spent a thousand and something dollars on that I got from KFC. And I'm finally standing here in this moment. (laughs) And everyone is screaming their heads off. And I was just standing there, mouth open, eyes so wide, just staring at her like, oh my God, it's Beyonce. And she goes, hey, you. And I'm still standing there, mouth open, not thinking she's talking to me. And the person behind me violently shakes me. And she's like, <laughs> she's talking to you. And I'm like, what? And she's like, hey, you. And I'm like, me? Like pointing at myself like me? And she's like, yeah, you. Is this your first Beyonce concert? And I was like, one, who refers to themselves in third person other than Beyonce? Um, she's like, is this your first Beyonce concert? And I'm just like silent, eyes like popping out of my head, slow nod. And she just laughs and she's like, well, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. And she like oh, my word. gets back to it, house lights come back off and everybody around me is just like, oh, my God, like shaking wow. me and screaming. I'm like, oh, my God, that just happened. You get to tell that to Beyonce one day. Oh, that's what's ha- that's that's, that's in your future. Step, isn't it? That's in your future, dude. That is mint. That is hilarious that you picked you. She's like, she obviously saw something in you and like, okay, this this is the person I'm going to choose. Oh, it's crazy. Wow. And the, oh, everybody around you green with envy. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and, and any particular song that night? I mean, for me, it would have been jumping, jumping. That would have oh. just made my night. Oh, I think at that at that time at she was doing um, that crazy rendition of Naughty Girl. Uh, Tonight, a bigger naughty girl, calling all the girls. Yeah, I remember there was oh, just yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna pop that later. So good, yeah. and it was just so good. Oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. That's just the height of like pop goddess. Mm. Yeah, and. What's music that sort of takes you away from these these kind of genres and, and some stuff that you perhaps Kai fans and, and people that know you wouldn't necessarily know that you're really, really into and stuff that, yeah, you, you listen to, perhaps stuff that's got you through lockdown? Oh, stuff that's got me through lockdown. Um, I've been listening to this new artist called Carol Ades, and I think um, uh-huh. she's kind of doing her own come up right now in LA and it's really funny because I just saw her on Rule's Instagram story a couple of days ago and I was like, how the worlds collide. Mm. But she's got a really beautiful EP that she is releasing. But I think as well, Angus and Julia Stone was like a big, big one for me. Um, Just that like indie, smooth, relaxed kind of sound. Um, And I remember thinking as well, because I I can be quite energetic and like my songs can be quite like go, 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 go. Um, I think there was a part of me that was like, I kind of want to sit back. I want to do something where I sit back a little bit further um also early Adele albums early Adele albums is like kind of how I learned how to play piano and like how I learned how to sort of engage more with instruments because I was like I can't find backing tracks for this anywhere I'm just gonna have to learn how to play it um so yeah it's a lot of like real ballady um really sort of soft gentle sounds that I think people would be surprised that I'm listening to (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Good Company is the, is the name of your EP, which is coming out. And I believe it's sort of 
talking about the people you recorded with and having this kind of this really fantastic energy. How do you sort of, yeah, come across these people and go, you are worthy of working with in, in, you know, in my grand plan? I think um, for me, it's always been the other way around because I think um, I kind of always felt like I was the artist that was, you know, on the come up and I would kind of have to be the person who was convincing people. Um, And I think when I got into this swing of, you know, asking people that I really admired to be part of my work and like part of this artist project and having them go, oh, my God, yes, I've been like waiting for you to ask me and I love your stuff um, has just been this moment of like, oh my God, look at these people I'm working with, these people that I've been listening to and been loving for so long. Um, So I think it's really that feeling of, you know, I am so not worthy to be working with you, but like here you are. Mm. The Sampa thing is is super interesting, I think too, so I'll let you go in in a second, Marcus, uh, in that you've, you've really been able to sort of observe someone who's gone through all these hectic situations and these sort of these huge crowning moments as she's gone up and up and up and up and up. And in a way, by osmosis, you've, you've sort of got all this information and all this knowledge, knowledge from her. Um, yeah, I guess going forward now, do you feel like if Sampa said, oh, can you, can you come do BBs for me tonight? And you say, yeah, you had your own show on or how, how's that going to work going forward, you know, with that kind of those kind of crucial career decisions? It's so funny because that conversation literally came up as a serious conversation yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's so difficult because like I have such a love for Sampa's project and it is the biggest honor as an artist and as a musician, as a singer to get to be part of that um, and to get to be part of like a, something that is just like growing exponentially. It's it's like super exciting Mm, to be part of that, just like feeling of moving forward like that. Um, But I also am super aware that, you know, my shows are coming up and I need a moment to celebrate Kai and I need a moment to celebrate this EP and celebrate my debut. Um, So I think it's hard. I think it's something that I'm going to have to be thinking about over the next couple months. And if I can make both work, I 100% will. Um, Mm. But I think I'm also getting to this stage now where, you know, all the bands I was working with, they're going to be back in action again. And it's going to be super strange saying no to rule. You know, it's going to be super mm, strange yeah. saying no to these big, big, big shows, um, you know, in, you know, choosing my shows and choosing to, you know, play the Workers Club over playing yep. Horton Pavilion. Um, yep. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting. But I also do think that it's it's my time now. And I think it's... um. Yeah. It's time for me to pay attention to that and really give it all the time that I possibly can. So mm, I love the fact that, sorry, one second, Marcus, is that, yeah, talk about Beyonce talking about herself in the third person. And you just said, it's time to celebrate Kai. Like, Look at that. So chronologically, it's beautiful. Yes, Marcus. Well, I was going to say, is that also because, you know, because that's your future, ideally. To, to play those arenas, to play, you know, that hectic, amazing production that Sampa does. And, and you know, there's no time like the present to try and get that happening as quickly as possible. So it must be exciting to have an insight into that and then know that that's something that you can put a pin down on in the future and move towards rather than, you know, a lot of artists when they're coming up who haven't had that same kind of experience. There's just so many options and so many directions that it could go. It's It's... It's such, it's so valuable for you to have the, a couple of little paths that you can, oh, I might go check out that arena tour in Europe for a couple of weeks and see what that's like and come back and see if I want to do that. 
Yeah, exactly. I think like one of the most special moments was when Rule was opening for Shawn Mendes and we got to do a couple of those shows. And Rule and I, we actually scaled up um, like Spark Arena. We went all the way to the like very, very, very back seats of Spark Arena a few hours before they opened the doors. And it was just like dark and quiet and still. And you could just see like the vastness of this stage. And I remember I just started crying because I was like, you know, one day that's my show, you know, that's, that's, Mm. that's where I see it. That's where I want to go. And it was Mm. like, you know, you dream about it as a kid forever. You go, yeah, arena is like, that's, that's the progression. But when you're standing in an empty arena, watching the stage getting built and you go, that guy's actually doing it. Mm. I'm going to do that. I think that's Mm. such a special thing to get to experience before you do it. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite rare too because it's it's something where you feel like it's you almost got like a home ground advantage wherever you go if you've already done it. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's a test run. Yeah, fantastic. Last one for you. Um, what is I always ask this at the end of the bonus episodes? The song that has hit different for you most recently, personally, in my hairdressers this morning, um, Tony and the other lady there were playing "Cold Heart" by Elton John, Dua Lipa, Penal, my buddy's Penal which is like number one in quite a few countries. It is killing and it's such a beautifully textured and just well-weighted song. Mm-hmm. That's my, uh, that's the thing that's sort of, you know, emancipating me from uh, lockdown 6.000. <laughs> Feeling great about that. What's the last song that really grabbed you? Uh, for me, it's definitely When You Are Mine by Joy Crooks. Um, okay. Yeah, UK artist. I think she's just cracked the top five albums at the moment in the UK. Cool. How do you spell Joy Crooks? Uh, J O Y and then Crooks, C R O O K E S. Unreal. She's got a beautiful album out at the moment, and that song. She's doing well. She is. And that song just sounds like summer in Brixton, and it's just like oh. beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Summer in Brixton. Buying or selling. Fantastic. She's got a full, <laughs> full look as well. Mm-hmm. She's got a she's got an absolute vibe there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Marcus, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, shit. Joy Crooks, hot tip from Kai Kai. And for you, Marcus, what's the thing that's making you happy? I always struggle to answer this, Mark, because you always put me on the spot, even though I know it's coming every week. Um, And I frantically look at Spotify to try and figure out what the last thing I played was. But at the Show moment, tunes. at the moment, you know what? I think because there's so much going on, I'm kind of like just wanting to like set set a bit of a mood rather than mm-hmm. kind of like dive in to dive in deep. And I've been listening to this Chicago guy called M Sage. It's all, it's instrumental, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, a lot of it can be really boring. But so there's a real art to making instrumental music that is subtle, that is background music. But if you want to switch your brain to engage with it and feel like you're going somewhere you can do that too and he's he's really good at that he's just put out a new record called once a diamond pivot bright whatever yeah, cool. that whatever that means anyway it's really beautiful yeah, yeah i really I see like it right it. here m dot sage that's it uh, fantastico thank you for your sage words marcus and your incredibly erudite commentary uh miss kai and just, you know, very good luck for March and for Young Franco shows and for the release of the Good Company EP, which I think is going to blow the fuck up. Because every time I put it on, every single song that comes up, like, like, I can't believe it's still at this level. It's still at this <laughs> very high level. Like, there's, at no stage you're like, oh, yeah, that's the filler track or that track's just okay. Like, it, it's so freaking strong. Ouch, Good Company. Finest quality featuring Touch Sensitive. Tuesday featuring Jerome Farrah. Gold featuring Sumper the Great and 18-year-old man. 
and the opening track sometimes, which is about a breakup. You'll have to read that about that in um in enemy. Uh, and also talk to Kai when you when you see her live and come and say hi and yeah. All right. Yes. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Kai. We did good kids. We did good. We did five different devices, but we did great. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, <All right>. both. <laughs> Go well. All right. See everybody. Go well. See you. Bye, guys. Hit different. All right.